Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Brother, 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 Got brother. Morning, yeah. There you go, brother. Yeah, there we go. There you go. I like it. I like oh, it a lot. Always. Uh, it is Friday, September seventeenth, uh, which means we're back for another episode of the Impact Power Hour. It is your boys. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelo. Uh, and yeah, um, eventful. Past 24 hours for uh, Impact, uh, indirectly from the Impact episode, and a little bit from a little Dark Side of the Ring stuff. Um, So uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, give us a like and subscribe on whatever platform you are on. We are on Overcast, Breaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, Apple, Spotify and YouTube and Anchor. Um, sure, there's some other ones that were on that I just can't remember. Um, subscribe to the po- uh, subscribe to our YouTube. We have punishments on there for our predictions, uh, as well as just random videos that we throw out there every so often. Um, and of course, uh, follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling. Uh, it's Deep Six Wrestling without the G at the end. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess before we get into the episode, I guess we should address uh, what has happened in the last few hours uh, before the podcast. Uh, it was announced that Tommy Dreamer has been suspended indefinitely from Impact. Um, he has. I didn't even know that. Yes. Uh, so um, let me find the exact article here that Pat sent us. Uh, either Pat or Joey, one of them, sent it in the group chat. Um, uh, boop, boop, boop. Uh, PW Insider has reported that uh, Impact's wrestling Ed Nordholm, who I believe is the head of Anthem, um, who obviously owns Impact Wrestling, uh, has issued an email to the company's roster and staff today announcing that Tommy Dreamer has been suspended indefinitely going forward uh, with the company. Uh, so, yeah, um, makes sense since, you know, we do have the tapings this weekend. So makes uh, a bit a bit of sense that they're announcing this today. They probably had no idea that this was going to happen. Uh, the stuff from uh, Dark Side of the Ring was going to happen because I doubt uh, if you're Tommy Dreamer and what you said last night is what you believe, probably weren't going around saying like, hey. Dark Souls Rings dropping uh, tonight. And this is what I said uh, beforehand. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, this is really just referring to him, like, sticking up for Ric Flair. Because I, I didn't finish all Dark Yeah, so um, there's two big quotes out of this episode um, that have been floating around from Tommy Dreamer. One of them, uh, I'm not going to say them directly because it is they're, they're pretty long and don't feel like yeah. reading minute long or a few minute long statements. Um, 
But one of them was that uh, the big thing was he just kept on talking about Ric Flair's penis, uh, about how big it was, uh, how impressive it was. And then talking about how like he was he cornered a flight attendant as he was spinning it around and telling her to touch it. And he was just like, well, that's Rick for you. And, you know, to say that this is uh, like that this is offensive and that he's a sexual deviant uh, because it, it offends them what he did. But like my hair is offensive to some people and you don't see me getting canceled, um, which those are two totally different things. Uh, you're a 50 year old man who has a double ponytail. Like, yeah, people might be offended by your hair, but like, they're not being. Nobody is saying, Tommy Dreamer, you have this ugly hair. You shouldn't be on TV. You shouldn't get a platform. You shouldn't be getting paid for, to look like an idiot. Like, nobody is saying that. At the end of the day, Tommy Dreamer should know better than that. That's yes. Not 2021. I, I get. Unfortunately, like Tommy probably knows better than you or I, you know, anyone that was on that flight, maybe outside the flight attendants, but uh, like he, he's kind of just sticking up for his, his people there. I guess yes. so that from what, what I saw at least so far. Um, but that's just not right. You can't just have the blinders on when, you know, someone comes out with a story, like the flight attendant does come out with the story and you can't just be like, Oh, that's Rick flair. He's just, you know, that's just him. I mean, yeah, he, he put his foot in his mouth there. That's just classic Tommy Dreamer stuff, I feel like. He's always, you know, kind of been yeah. very, like, you know, supportive of everyone that he's yes. worked with. Yeah, so, he, he's definitely been one of the boys, like, always been, like, for the boys yeah. type thing. And, like, for certain things, totally understandable. Like, if you're defending ECW for, like, being hardcore and stuff, totally understand that. If you're defending impact from people just being, like, uh, impact still tainted from like the like the flair Ho- or not flair yeah kind of flair hogan dixie carter days like yeah he's gonna do that because he works for the company and he's like one of the backstage people and he wants them to succeed but like going going with the this way like there's so many ways you could have said this and just been like yeah this was a messed up situation like but to be like, oh, it's just Rick being Rick. Uh, you shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be upset that that's what Rick does. And it's like, no, no, yeah. we can be a hundred percent upset with Ric Flair trying to force a stewardess to, uh, t- uh like have sex with him and stuff. Especially, um, I mean, man, I, to be only mad at Tommy Dreamer is a, is a small portion of what is going on here. I mean, yeah, I there's thought- a lot of people that like people are upset about like there's people upset with jim ross because ross obviously uh ross literally was at like i guess they like straight like had like the interviewer for it like literally like they had him talk which is kind of rare from dark side of the ring where they like at like keep the interview question on um oh what what happened with uh rick flair like would you have stopped Ric Flair? Why didn't he get in trouble? And he's like, well, that's just Rick. Like Rick, Rick, Rick Flair is Rick Flair. He's not going to get in trouble for these things. And it's like, yeah, I feel like that's like in any sport, like if we're calling wrestling, like pro wrestling a sport, like we've seen that in literally everything where like yeah. certain people are above the rules. Are untouchable no matter how yeah. bad things get. Yeah. I mean, I think RVD, 
did a good job. And I mean, they, they all explained like this kind of just shed a light on, or it was it just incredible actually um, that, you know, explain this was just wrestling at the yeah. time, just what yeah. happened. And, you know, it doesn't make it right or wrong, obviously, but yeah. Jim Ross's job at the time was to make sure these guys didn't get in trouble. So yeah. of course it was like, that's just Rick. I, it's not the right thing at all. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's tough. I mean, J- Jim Ross was just put in a situation like you just have to make sure these guys don't get bad publicity. And yeah. that's all he was worried about. And and similar to Tommy Dreamer, he's just, he's a, it's a guy for the boys. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that if this was just, I think the big issue here was that, is that Dreamer is like, and ad- like he's head of partially, partially head of creative, but also like the liaison between talent and Anthem now like as his official role plus an on-screen yeah. talent like if he was just a wrestler and he said this i don't think he's punished but because he's basically part of the authority part of like the administrative role that's not a good look for somebody like in charge of talent relations and stuff to be like oh well i'm just gonna like that's just wrestling blah 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 because then it's like okay have you done this before where you like because it's just wrestling or because it's a boy, one of the boys, you're just going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to not talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just hope Tommy, what Anthem does and what impact does is, you know, they make this lesson for Tommy dreamer and don't, you know, ruin what's got, what he's got there, but, you know, take him off TV for a while. Yeah. Make him learn his lesson. Cause I, I don't think Tommy meant to hurt anyone with this no. work. I think he was really just trying to, you know, like stick up for what he always knew was wrestling at the time. And it, he just has to understand that that's wrong. Yeah. You know, wrong then that's wrong now. And you shouldn't support that. Even, yes. You know, was like a guy he glorified. It, it's just not right. So if he can come back and say he understands that, I think impact should say, okay, let's move on. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see when we because I know he, he still is like part time on Busted Open Radio. I know he wasn't on to, I don't think he was on today, but like I think he's on like one day a week or two days a week during uh, Busted Open. So I'm assuming like he'll make a statement there if he's going to do it instead of like just on Twitter because I don't think he's very active on Twitter. Uh, other than like random retweets of like an episode of Impact. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll leave it at this, and then we can we can go on to the yes. episode. There's so there was so much with this dark side, and I like I said, oh I my gosh, yeah. It. But um, you know, Tommy Dreamer, as you said earlier, like probably wasn't telling people about the episode, but also you got to consider these guys were probably being interviewed for like thirty minutes to an hour, and they don't know what's going to stick on the tape. Like Tommy Dreamer's mm-hmm. kind of shooting. Jim Ross is just there, you know, shooting the shit. Yeah, uh, you know, so they don't know what's gonna stick. They don't probably remember like, oh, this is a famous, you know, this is gonna be the iconic line that everyone's gonna remember from this show. Correct. So, you know, he probably says like, yeah, I'm, I'm on this episode of Dark Side of the Ring. You know, it's about the plane ride from hell. All crazy stuff happens. You know, he, yeah. he probably, you know, they, they caught a couple snippets of him in, in frames and obviously didn't come out well. Yes, but he, he didn't know that. He, yeah. he definitely didn't know that going into it or leaving yeah. the place. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely something to follow up for the future, not just with Impact, but just in, in general for the wrestling community. And next week's episode, probably going to be another big one, uh, which is uh, Chris Canyon 
Um, and people already jump in on like, are they going to address uh, what happened with him and Taker? Um, which oh. I feel oh. like a hundred percent they're going to do just because Dark Side of the Ring doesn't really like hide things. It and really shy away from have the right people there to talk about it. Yeah. So who who would even be there that, that would, would talk about it? Probably Jim Ross again. Yeah, because Jim Ross would be like the guy with uh, talent relations and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Maybe like I don't know if I, like I don't know the time period of it just because I wasn't watching it. So like yeah. I don't know who like if Cornette was still there. Um, if they have Jericho, because Jericho's sometimes there, but he he would definitely be around then. Yeah, but um, I don't even know if Jericho would want to comment on that. Yeah, no. When it comes down to, I'm still. Yeah, um, it's it's it definitely depends. I, like I like I said, I don't know who's gonna be on it, but definitely, I feel like Jim Ross is just on everyone basically. Like I can't think of many episodes where Jim Ross isn't on it. Yeah, for and better Cornette, or worse, AEW lets their uh, lets, lets their guys do other things, as we know. Yes, so, for better or worse, a lot of them appear on Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Um, all right. So into the impact off with as I pull up my notes because didn't have them up for a second. Um, we start off with our little cold open, and then we start off with Rhino and. Diener versus Crazy Steve and Black Tarus as our opening match. And we get a, an incident from last week that I don't remember being aired, at least on the YouTube version, uh, which kind of concerning. Maybe I just missed it. I don't know. But apparently uh, Rhino and Diener got into it with uh, Crazy Steve and Black Tarus about a match. Um, <laughs> like, I, I feel like that, like, Violent by Design haven't been backstage recently, like on shows. It feels like it's just been like those vignettes with the prison. Um, so I don't remember this argument uh, from la- apparently last week. Uh, but it was basically Diener, uh, or not Diener, Crazy Steve yelling at Diener, Eric Young, Doring, Dur- and Rhino about them losing. Uh, in the multi-man match at Slammiversary and talking about how they cost them the match because they were going to win, but they let the good brothers pin them. And so they challenged them to a match. Um, It's Rhino's first match back from being punished. And as they're coming down, we hear the great words of Josh Matthews. And I was like, holy shit, why is Josh Matthews on here? I I Uh, didn't out like oh Matt Riker's not there but yeah <laughs> yeah they didn't show commentary this week like they normally show them like right. once or twice on the show they didn't show them at all on this um the only thing I like I just re- like Striker's voice is very noticeable and Josh Matthews is high pitched vo- or higher pitched voice uh, is very noticeable as well for me um so I was just like oh damn it Josh Matthews and I looked up and I was like was there a reason for this Apparently, it's just certain days um, because Stryker has other shows. Like He has a show on um, Fight Network that he does. uh, And then he also has a betting show on the MLB Network. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that he's in uh, baseball betting, but you know. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, But apparently, when those call, those take precedent, which it's understandable because they probably pay more. They're probably Um, positions, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, 
Matthew says that this is a big match for Diener. It's a big match for Rhino um, because they need to prove that they're still worthy of a spot in Violent by Design. And if they lose, Violent by Design might be done. And I was like, well, that's some weird foreshadowing there. Um, this is not the longest match. It's not the greatest way to kick off the show, I thought. Um, sure. These guys, uh, Violent by Design end up losing to Crazy Steve and Black Tarus. Diener is pinned, and for some reason, Eric Young is more upset with Rhino and starts yelling at Rhino, and they starts to yell at Diener, and Rhino, like, sticks up for Diener as, like, no, like, like, it's not our fault. Like, we tried our best thing, and Eric Young tells him to not talk back to him. Uh, Rhino grabs his arm, and then Diener and Doring attack Rhino, Eric Young gets the Violent by Design flag, beats him over the back with it, and breaks it. Um, and yeah, it seems like Rhino in Violent by Design is no more. Um, you could say, oh, well, it's just them punishing him again. This seems so much more than that. Um, and I, I do think that our foreshadowing of Heath coming back uh, for the rescue of Rhino is going to be coming soon. It, yeah, it seems like it's like right around the corner now. I mean, I was I was almost expecting it on this show. Yeah, but I guess it makes sense to just have the moment where Rhino is clearly defeated by violent by design here, and then they'll move on, and Rhino will come back, and maybe he'll take a tapings off and come back with Keith. Who knows? Yeah, um, I was thinking that my thing, my thought on why they wouldn't have Heath here is just it. It was this was probably the last taping of those shows, um, since yeah. this is the weekend for the next set of shows. And my assumption is you wouldn't want to just have Heath come back, make the save, and then do nothing with it for a month, um, and be like, oh well, Heath is back. What are we, what are we doing? Uh, or I feel like. Good we might get like Rhino versus either Doring or like Rhino and uh, a mystery partner versus Doring and uh, Diener like on these tapings. And that's where you get Heath back. Um, So, yeah, but I I do think the writing is on the wall that Heath, Heath is soon to come, but I wouldn't be against them having like, a bit of time off for Rhino and if Heath isn't ready right, right away. Um, Cause there's a lot of stuff like we've got a month before uh, bound for glory. And there's a lot of stuff to, uh, that you'd have to fit on that card at this point. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah. Uh, next up we have swingers palace pretty early for a swingers palace episode, but we're never going to complain about swingers palace. Um, so we start off, and Alicia, how they did this week, and Bravo said it was a really good week for us. We only lost one match, uh, which was obviously implying the TJP interference or like distraction uh, during mm-hmm. the PD and Macklin match, um, since uh, Mac or TJP had said that uh, like the odds were in favor of PD, so he wanted to go against them. Obviously, that's the match. Uh, then Alicia or the two Swingerellas that are there are talking, and they're like, "What? What happened to Swingerella number three? And that never gets addressed. Um, 
but we don't need that because then Swinger comes in and he's like, hey, where's my take, daddy? And he gets his take, and then Alicia's like, hey, so uh, <laughs> what are we going to do? Like, I know this is, like, you've gotten everybody addicted to illegal gambling here in Swinger's Palace, and but, like, what's going to happen when we go to Vegas? And this Swinger's is like, this swing, <laughs> Swinger's like, whoa, why would we go to Vegas? And Alicia's like, well, Bound for Glory is in Vegas next month. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to talk to old man Jerry. <laughs> and she, and she's like, J- he's not in charge. He's like, oh, is it his son? I forget his name. Obviously referring to Jerry and Jeff Jarrett. And she, she's like, nope, he's not in charge. And she's like, is it old lady Dixie? <laughs> no. Yeah, that was in the Watts. <laughs> yeah. Just listen nope. off. This was great. And at the end of the episode, he's like, oh, please tell me that it's still the lead singer <laughs> of the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely brilliant uh tjp comes in to collect his money um bravo obviously is like okay well this this is the one match we lost uh and then pd comes over smack uh and like goes to confront tjp and tjp gives uh pd some money and he's like oh here for your troubles uh pd smashes or smacks the money out of their hands and says that he wants to kick his ass uh, for interfering and that he would have beaten Macklin if it wasn't for your uh, your stupid conga line and uh, your freaks. Uh, and P- TJP is like, oh, my, my freaks have feelings. Uh, and so PD challenges him to a match later tonight. Um, and yeah, I thought this was fantastic. So also, and in, in- tying into last week's episode are we starting to see the fall of swingers palace you know what i'm referring to so yeah kind of because um what's it sue sue young and kimber kimberly i guess you know they they took one of the well the swingerellas away already so they're already yeah you're right the other one and remember they were lurking in the corner last week so like yeah that could be palace here i'm a little yeah. nervous. Yeah, I mean that would be a weird way to go go about it. I, I'd be kind of sad about that. I would um, be sad. But they're kind of insinuating it, but maybe maybe they're just yeah. swing around. Yeah, um, I, I I think it's a good way to write it off if they are if it is true that they're going to be sticking in, um, Las Vegas for a bit, uh, for tapings. Um, that would make sense uh, since you know you're. Not gonna gambling, be though. able to have an illegal gambling ring when literally every casino in the world is there. Basically, yeah. um, <laughs> their profit their profit margin would go down the toilet. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I I think that's one way you could get around it. Absolutely, uh, is have it kind of go by the wayside by like interference from Sue Young and her minions and all that jazz. Um. After this, we get Chris, uh, Team Christian promo, just running down all the things that are happening. You've got Josh Alexander and Chris Saban putting each other over, but saying that they uh, they know how to be professionals. Uh, but that uh, that all goes out the, the way once they have their match at Victory Road. Um, Eddie and Sammy continue to bicker because they are an old married couple. And Christian is there putting everybody over 
puts Ace Austin over really strong, saying that Ace reminds him of a younger um, Christian where he uh, believed he was the best thing in the world and deserved to be pushed to the moon. Uh, but that Ace is actually going and taking it a little too far uh, by trying to force things um, when he might not be ready uh, and that Christian is going to kind of put him in his place. Uh, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's really Christian since he's been on impact has done a really good job at putting over the other talent. Like last week he put over Josh really well saying how, like he he really wants to wrestle him. How he's he's a huge fan of every time he steps in the ring. This week, putting over Ace, saying that he reminds him of the younger uh, Christian Cage, uh, and you could even argue that like Ace and Fulton are very similar to like a Christian and Tomko type uh, situation, where Christian's going to be a uh, a real uh, conniving heel, and he's got his big man to do all the the heavy lifting. Yeah, because I, I was trying to think like, does, do they really compare in careers? But yeah, sure. When it, when Christian was in his first TNA run, I could see what you're saying. Yeah. No. Um. I, I mean, over overall, this whole um, you know, this was obviously an audible having Kenny Omega lose the title due to yeah. you know potential injuries is the rumor. But um, I I like this better already for Impact. I mean, what Christian is doing, like you said, he's putting guys over, even just talking about it. Where Kenny Omega really and him and Don Callis every single week can kind of just came out and trash talks people. That, that's you know what Kenny Omega does. That's what he's yeah good for. But I think for the betterment of Impact, like actually talking your show up rather than like you know trash talking and then having you know handed victories at the pay per views once every two months against the competition, it, this is a lot healthier for the state of Impact Wrestling. A hundred percent. Someone, someone beating Christian for the title at some point down the road is very believable. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, after this, we do get our TJP versus Petey Williams match. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. These guys worked really well together. They always do. It feels like they know each other. Yeah. They've worked together for a while. Uh, they're they're both easily one of, some of the better in ring people in Impact and. Uh, it, it really shows. Um, I think the, I remember when PD came back and we were like, oh, PD's just here for a few random appearances. He's been back for quite some time now. Yeah, he's, he's a main pretty member. much on all the time. So I'm liking that. Yeah, I, I like it too. He's making weekly appearances. I mean, you know, he, he was great in the original days and he's even better now, I think. I mean, he's more developed as a wrestler and a character now than he was before. Like, sure, he was, you know, little PD pump, but it was more about like the, what he was wearing than the actual character itself i think he's really understanding the business now at this stage of his career and i mean i I hope the best for him going forward yeah absolutely um these guys work really well it's back and forth it's anybody's match uh tjp goes for a mamba splash pd gets out of the way pd goes for uh, multiple destroyers tjp keeps getting out of them uh finally it's a battle of roll-ups and then tjp Tries to put him into some sort of submission move, but Petey pull, uh, wiggles out of it and gets him into a pinning predicament for the one, two, three. Petey wins. TJP just shakes his head, uh, but like looks like he's like, okay, you won. I respect like, it. All good there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, uh, I was thinking when this match was happening, I'm like, 
this would be a really good way to have PD Williams finally win a match and TJP yeah. wouldn't look bad at all. And, you know, that's what happens. Like TJP doesn't look bad by losing to someone like PD Williams that's been around forever. So, yeah. and PD Williams has been taking losses like crazy because he's the veteran and he works backstage and he doesn't really need to win. But no, it's finally good to see him get a win on Impact. Absolutely. Um, so PD goes up to the top turnbuckle to celebrate and it's beating the crap out of both guys. We get a "Let's Go Macklin" chant going, which that was that was strange. Um, I mean, it got stifled pretty fast. Yeah, because like Macklin has done literally nothing to impress me. Literally nothing. Yeah. Um, and him just coming in and beating up two people that just had a match. I, I don't know. Like TJP and T, like you can hate TJP all you want. Uh, as a person, uh, but in ring, him and Petey just had a really good match and just to come in and s- destroy both guys afterwards. It's like, oh, okay, really trying to get a chance in there, dude. Um, uh, yeah, um, after this, we get our impact flashback moment of the week. It is uh, impact uh, wrestling from July 4th. 2013 between Chris Sabin and Austin Aries, which seemed like it was in Las Vegas because there were a bunch of signs with uh, impact in Vegas all around the arena from the show. Uh, Chris Sabin again getting an impact of the week. Yeah. Um, Really building up this whole uh, Chris Sabin as the potential greatest X division man of all time. Um, We've got at ringside, we have the main event mafia who apparently run off the aces and eights who are all like in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> so this is prime TNA. Oh, yeah. Um, it is Ace Austin, or not Ace Austin, Austin Aries versus Chris Saban uh, for the X Division title. Saban wins, um, and the crowd goes wild for it. And yeah, then we get. Uh, speaking of somebody who is in this moment, not for the wrestling, but just in the crowd, uh, we go to the Good Brothers because Doc Gallows obviously part of the Aces and Eights at the time uh, because everybody was part of the Aces and Eights at one point, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah he was a cool addition to Aces and Eights when I remember watching. Yeah. Uh, I, I never realized that the main event mafia and the Aces and Eights were going on at the same time. Yeah, they kind of like blended. I think that's good. Yeah, I, I forget that too that they were like together at the same time, but they kind of blended because they were both heels, and then I think Main Event Mafia became faces, and you know, it's, okay, it was hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I can't see the Main Event Mafia being being baby faces, but then well, again, it, it I was, feel like it was like they had you know, once Kevin Nash was gone, it was more. Yeah. If I can, I can't even really remember, but if it was just like Sting and. Uh, you know, whoever else, whoever else. Yeah, the only two people I saw at ringside were Sting and Samoa Joe. Right, um, right. But yeah, Samoa Joe was added in late to mean event. Mafia, yeah. So that makes sense. Like, they were probably... I'm assuming that's still Angle, though. Angle, probably, if he was still in Impact, he would have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wasn't, he wasn't Aces and Eights, so... Right. Um, And maybe Booker? Booker was part of that group, right? Man, that mafia. Booker, Booker was, but he might have been gone already. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So then we get uh, Good Brothers talking about how Rich Swan should have known that he was going to lose the bunkhouse brawl match, um, and that you know 
Carl wins because he's got a friend and Rich would have had a friend, but Willie's still in the hospital. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go. And they walk out these two doors and Willie Mack is on crutches and then he passes the one crutch off screen uh, behind the other door and the other door opens and it's Rich Swan and they both grab the crutches and beat the crap out of the good brothers. And Willie Mack is healed. He's back yep. and ready what? to go. Uh, and then we go to the I assume we went to commercial. Again, YouTube does not have the commercials, so we just get right into a Willie and Rich Swan promo, which was weird because they were just getting like in the middle of a fight. It goes black screen with security rushing in, and then they're in another area of the arena <laughs> having an uh, interview. Um, and they said they are ready to go. Rich is so hype about this that he just starts like slurring his words and confusing everybody. He's like... Uh, the good brothers have asked for this. I, I want to get what's coming to me. That's coming to you. That's coming to everyone. And it's like, okay, rich, you're a little too hyped for this match. Um, but understandable. Uh, he's, he's happy. His friends back. Scott shows up uh, and says, Hey, I'm glad that Willie's back. You guys had a big win against the, uh, the good brothers before the injury. So uh, you guys, if you guys are ready, uh, Victory Road, you guys can have your title match. And yeah, another match added to Victory Road. Um, Heck yeah. Then we get John Skyler versus Laredo Kid. Skyler comes to the ring, uh, and we are shown the highlights of their match from last week on BTI, where Laredo Kid won. Um, again, because I'm watching on YouTube. Didn't know the BTI or what the BTI match was last week, but didn't Is also BTI didn't know that. Which still, I think it's working? only on Axis. Oh, well, okay. And since okay. I don't have Axis because I'm yeah. I'm a college boy and don't have cable, um, <laughs> or or TV, I just I mean, so my... like I have cable logins. But I don't even think Axis has an app. Like you can't even go on their website and watch stuff. Yeah, so they have an app, but they, they do. don't. Stuff regularly like yeah. it says like it's gonna be there but it's not always there so like i think i don't know if bti so gets Morgan. added to the because impact has an app and like i think it's like 24 or 48 hours after the show is done they put the show up on the app so okay. you can watch it but i don't think they put bti up if that makes sense no, so i i haven't been keeping up with it but I'm glad that Laredo Kid makes his impact. I think impact debut. Well, they on said BTI. he's been before, so maybe he's oh, okay. been there when the Lucha Brothers were. Yeah, or like one of those like AAA invasions that they have, or like the AAA like because they used to do like AAA Impact co-branded shows. Right. So oh, sure. Might have well, been that. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. That's that's a good yeah. good get for impact right now. Yeah, um, and this, I think, goes to the question of uh, is Impact's only AAA person for that Bound for Glory? Is it just going to be Black Tarus? I think this answers the question of maybe we are going to get a few more uh, AAA guys in if we're just throwing Lu uh, Laredo Kid into the mix here. Um, yeah. Laredo Kid, he's been on AEW before. Uh, he also is one of the defenses that Kenny has had for his Mega Championship. Um, that did get uh, some questions about because he eats a uh, one-winged angel 
Uh, and then immediately after the bell sounds, he just stands up from it. Uh, so people were like, oh, he's no selling this move. People aren't happy with Kenny and AAA. Uh, but apparently their relationship's fine. Uh, Laredo Kid is currently the uh, world cruiserweight champion in AAA. Uh, obviously, triple because AAA is very selective about when they allow their titles on TV. Laredo Kid, I do not believe, came out with the title. They yeah. didn't address him as champion, but Josh Matthews pointed out during the match. Um, and he, what he didn't say is that Laredo Kid tomorrow becomes the second long or will tie uh, the longest reigning champion of all time uh, with 945 days held as this champion um, partially because of the pandemic but partially because he's just really damn good um, who's the who's the record holder the record holder is currently El Hijo del uh, Vikingo with 945 days uh, he uh, Laredo Kid today hits 944 um, so I don't think they have shows this weekend, so he will overtake that. Um, yeah. however, yeah. there is an asterisk on this because, uh, on MLW, uh, earlier this, uh, they had a, uh, match, a title versus title match for, uh, MLW's, uh, cruiserweight title, which was held or middleweight title, which was held by Leo Rush. Leo Rush beat Laredo Kid and his oh. was crowned the champion. Uh, and then Conan and Triple A came out and said, "Now nah, that title change doesn't count." Um, uh-huh. uh, and it wouldn't have mattered because Laredo Kid beat him in a non-televised match the same night for the title. So we're just going to continue the reign. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, so his reign technically ended, but they they this is like an old WWE thing where like you had Bruno losing titles like off off screen to people, and then they're like, oh, it's never gonna be televised. We'll just keep Bruno as the champ after three thousand days. Yeah, yeah, that's old WWE stuff. That's but the fact that this is a title change that happened on TV, and right. they're just like, nah, it didn't actually happen, guys. That that was that's weird. That's wild. Um, so Skyler's getting booed the shit uh, during his little promo. Lots of uh, Skyler sucks. You suck, Chance Adam. I like Skyler. I think he's pretty damn good in the ring. He's pretty good on the mic, but he's just been like he is just billed as a kind of jobber heel that has an actual like gimmick i guess and like actual stories uh where like he beat matt cardona he's living up to how he's the one guy to beat matt cardona clean uh even though he totally didn't beat him clean Rohit right. came out um and then he's like i'm gonna prove that i can beat laredo kid on my own laredo kid comes out they have a pretty good match i thoroughly enjoyed this match um Laredo Kid, very over. Lots of crowd uh, cheers for him as he comes out. Um, And he's doing his moves. He's got a few quick near falls in this match. Uh, Then they go out to the apron or uh, outside of the ring, and he starts charging at John Schuyler, who immediately turns it into a really, really good uh, German suplex. uh, That Laredo Kid sold like his back was just destroyed. 
That was um, scene. Yeah. Um, they get back in the ring. Laredo Kid is dominating for the most part. And then Skyler starts to co- make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, and you can see that Laredo Kid's mask, I guess, has like a clip on the bottom and it comes undone. And it starts like moving around a bit. Um, and Skyler to pull it off. He starts twisting it. Uh, and Laredo Kid moves his hands to try to force the mask back on. Skyler rolls him up. One, two, three. Skyler wins. The crowd is incredibly hostile to- towards him, booing him, yelling, You suck. This is the loudest crowd reaction I've ever heard uh, for a heel. Um, yeah, which, no- good, good on John Skyler for getting himself over as a heel. Yeah. Um, then we get the worst moment of the week. Uh, in my opinion, it is all about me. With Now there's three guests, and it's Caleb, Madison, and, and Tennille. And we can blast through this one. This is was yeah, yeah. Taylor Wilde basically brings in Ellering and uh, Jordan Grace, kind of like you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna ask you questions, yada yada. Starts working her way towards now. She is gonna have a match with Tennille at Victory Road. So yeah, that's Um, the good that comes out of it. Uh, Yeah, is flustered and yeah, yeah. uh, I just have to say that the fact that just a reminder that. Uh, what's her name? Um, Taylor Wilde is like a podcast host. She did not come off like she knows she's like used to like giving interview or like interviewing people, which was a little bit strange to me. Oh, um, I'm gonna go to the podcast. Yeah, uh, it's called uh, I think uh, Let's Get Wild with uh, Taylor Wilde, right? Wild oh. on podcast with Taylor Wilde or something like that. Um, but yeah, um. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being picky. I I didn't care about this at all. Um, and yeah, please end this feud. Whoever whoever is in charge of these these booking decisions, please end this feud. It's not good. I'm tired of it. Please. Yeah, you might get your end answer Saturday. Yeah, hopefully, or it's just going to be like, no, let's keep on going. Um, <laughs> then we get. Uh, a little like earlier on segment where apparently when Rohit and Shearer were walking through the doors, Cardona attacks them both. And then Scott is addressing it and Cardona shows up. uh, And Scott says, if Cardona agrees to keep his hands off of Rohit and Shearer until victory road, he can get a match with Rohit, no DQ match Uh, to which Cardona says, thanks boss. Um, and then they zoom in on his face. Matthew Raywalt versus Trey Miguel. It is Matthew Raywalt's, I believe, singles debut in Impact. I unless he's had I... some, unless he's had some BTI matches that we've met. Um, crowd boos him, uh, which is good. Got they got some heat. Trey Miguel shows up. Everybody loves Trey. He got the Spider Trey uh, chance. I thought this was a fantastic match. Um, I feel like people forget that, like Matt, it was is a pretty good wrestler. Like obviously that wasn't like the story he was telling in WWE for like the past two and a half years, where he was like the manager for Rusev, That's and then how that uh, happened? Then was yeah, 
they're uh, fine, but they're not being used in that yeah. way because he has other plans, which is, I get it. It's a big product. And I think that's why, you know, places like an AEW and Impact or if they don't use guys as wrestlers all the time, they let them wrestle somewhere else. So they're not, yes. you know, waste their prime at least. So and Matt, Matt Rainwalt is here and he can show that he wrestles and he's going against one of the Impact's best, uh, Trey Miguel. Yeah, I remember when he uh, debuted and like we we're getting the vignettes for it. Pat pointed out there, like, he was like, "I've totally forgot he didn't retire because for the past, I believe, like the last year of his contract in WWE, he was just calling two hundred five live, um, yeah. and like he wasn't injured or anything. And then he like took a year away from wrestling just right. to be like, let me do my it own thing. It happens um, to so many wrestlers. Yeah." Um, and now he, he's back and he's showing what he can do as a singles guy. Um, I think the one moment in this match that really sticks out for me is Trey hits a really good, like, uh, I think it was like an arm drag. They like basically tosses uh, Matt Ray Walt like across the ring and like he stands up and turns around and Ray Walt just is literally bolting towards him and hits like a, I don't know if it was like running knee or like a, like a running drop kick, but it looked really devastating. Uh, but it was ruined by Josh Matthews yelling, and he hits the flying move. I shit you not, that is the the quote that Josh Matthews says is he hits him with the flying move. Yeah, uh, which is just like why like Stryker would have like he's not the Matt Stryker is not the greatest commentator, but he's not going to call it the flying move. Um, because he's gonna know what the move is, and yeah. Um. Anyway, Trey Miguel ends up forcing Matt to tap. This was a fantastic back and forth match as well, where you could have seen either guy win. I was kind of surprised that Trey picks up the win, but then I wasn't at the end. Um, when we see what this is furthering, uh, because. As Trey goes to celebrate, Deanna runs in, beats him down some more, and then uh, Mickey James runs out, beats up Deanna, then does a diving crossbody from the top rope uh, on Deanna and Matt. Security gets involved, separating them. Matt is holding Deanna back. The money feud continues. I'm assuming that we are going to get I'm still going under the assumption that Mickey James versus Deanna is going to happen at Bound for Glory um and honestly I don't know if Deanna wins like I think she should win but at the same time I do not know if they are like okay you can beat Mickey it's just one of those things where like I is Mickey going to stick around longer if she right. is, then sure, let Mickey hold a title again because why not? Or is it like, okay, I've really like we want to continue to just put over how great Deanna is, um, which again, I don't think anybody's going to complain about um, because it just makes whoever is going to beat Deanna just like a very more credible person because it's like, oh, you've, you're being the person that beat Molina, you beat. Uh, Mickey being the entire roster at least once, basically. So, um, yeah, uh, interesting s- stuff. Uh, I we also have to, I guess, talk about 
that the there's Deanna does not have a match announced for Victory Road. There's not like a oh she's in a tag match or oh it's Deanna versus mystery opponent. Um, so yeah, I guess we're not having a knockouts thing this week, but or at least singles match. Um, but I think that's covered by the fact that I believe it's the first weekend of October we are getting. Uh, knockouts knockdown or whatever it's called huh? an all knockout sh- show um, which Diana does have a mystery opponent for that match so um, I will yeah. say I'll, I'll do the hot take now I think yes Mickey let's hear it beat, I could I think Mickey could beat Diana here yeah not I, here in Bound for Glory of course but, yeah. um, I mean you know, Mickey being the champion, I think, unlocks a lot of new things with a lot of the heels kind of stuff doing doo-doo right now. I mean, yes, yeah. to Neil, Madison Rain, if she wants to be back in a full-time basis, uh, uh, Tasha Steeles. There, there's some heels there that definitely could contend for the title, and, and Deanna's, you know, been the champion for a very long time, so this could make sense. Like Mickey as a transitional champ for a couple of months, there could be a couple good feuds out of it. I definitely could see it. Yeah, that's a hundred percent fair. Um, I am interested. I didn't talk about knockouts. It was announced this week that knockouts knockdown is coming out. I think that's what it's called. Um, is, uh, is happening next month. Um, and they've already announced a few people that are not, signed with impact that are going to be there um so those are um renee michelle um lady frost is coming back um and uh mercedes martinez uh is gonna make her first like televised uh appearance since uh being let go from wwe that's a good Um, look yeah this yeah um i believe it's also been announced in the end in mid-october or the end of october uh that mercedes is having a title match against diana at like a random indie show in new jersey so i mean obviously card subject to change it could not be for the title but mercedes could be somebody that you could look out for for a possible title switch to uh uh in the future uh, oh, if they don't go with that, because she's been like a staple of the independent women's scene for decades at this point. Um, so definitely could see that happening as well. Um, but if impact does sign Mercedes Martinez, that would be a huge get for them because it's another really tenured woman that like people respect and know that she can go. Um, yeah. After this, we get Tasha and Savannah Evans promo talking about how uh, they're going to take, they are going to become champs uh, officially on Saturday, even though they're, they're, they believe that they currently are the champs and that's why they took the titles. Uh, and then uh, Tasha just randomly throws out a line that Havoc's not even going to make it to victory road. And they don't give a reason why there's no like, Oh, she was attacked backstage before the show or like something like that. No, it's just a statement that was said. Uh, then we get a Chris Bay, uh, Chris Bay and Hikaleo promo. Uh, Chris Bay says that he, a big quote from Chris Bay here is that he doesn't belong to Impact anymore. Uh, that he is full time Bullet Club and he can go wherever he wants. Uh, so that's an interesting statement. Oh, all right. Uh, 
but also says that he and Hikaleo are going to officially end Finjuice uh, at Victory Road. There will be no uh, Finjuice coming back to try to get their titles back or challenging teams for dream matches, that this will be the final match for Finjuice as a team. Um, interesting. Uh, and then we get into our main event, um, Team Ace Austin versus Team Christian Cage. Uh, I felt like this was a pretty standard big tag team match that like every promotion occasionally does. Um, yeah, letting the just, best of your the ten best wrestlers really right now, or yeah. like eight of the ten best wrestlers. But yeah, yeah, um, it gets everybody on the card basically. Uh, and again, since it's like the final, most likely this was like the final match they did of the tapings it's a good way to like send the fans home happy uh from coming to the tapings um and you get to be like oh i got to see all these guys on the show um big point of this match um eddie and sammy for the most part get along there's a few times that they bicker but they get all it doesn't like cause detriment to the team um and christian yeah, i was looks honestly like surprised i like yeah. I, I thought the um Obviously, you know, they put these two guys that are, you know, Sammy and Eddie and on the other side, Alexander and Saban. They're both facing each other. Yeah. Well, I guess Sammy and Eddie aren't, but, like, they're both not friends. I thought that animosity was actually going to play a lot more into the decision of the match, and I was surprised it did not. Yeah. Um, I think the interesting thing here is that Josh Alexander showed that he's very confident in this match. Uh, He kept on blind tagging people. Uh, he blind tagged uh, Saban at least once, possibly twice, if I remember correctly. And then as Christian looks like he's going to win it with a spear, he blind tags himself in to get the win. Um, so it does sh- like the whole story that they're trying to tell with Josh right now is that if he beats Saban, he's going to become this is going to be the most imp- uh, the greatest uh, single reign of an X division champion. That's why he keeps on saying that he wants this reign to be the greatest champion X division championship run. And like, they're even billing it as like, if, if he can beat uh, Chris Saban, the greatest X division champion, then he can like officially like kind of cement that. Um Kind of similar to how they kept on saying, like, oh, if Deanna can beat these mystery opponents, she can be, like, the greatest knockout of all time. Um, So I think that Alexander's starting to get a little bold here. And we've already had last week uh, him kind of throwing out a challenge to Christian, saying that uh, as long as Christian's an impact, he wants to get in the ring with him uh, for the world title. I think this could be a way that you can be like, okay, I beat if he beats Saban at Victory Road, he might. He, I still think he's gonna cat. He's gonna do Option C at Bound for Glory, and he's gonna take the title off of Christian. I've been saying. I originally said that was gonna be what he did to Omega, but once uh, Christian got the belt, I think the the, the story is there to have. Um, because I think everybody knows that Josh is the next big thing for Impact. Oh yeah. Um, and he, he's definitely proved it. I, I think originally when like they started to hint at like him, like with the random moments with him and Kenny bumping into each other backstage, uh, originally when they started doing it, it was like, okay, well, it's still kind of a fresh run. Uh, let's see like if it's a more defined run for uh, Josh. 
uh, if like he can hold on to it. But like he kept, he keeps on having really good matches with basically everybody he wrestles. Um, he's beaten basically everybody in the X division. Uh, even retained it through an uh, Ultimate X match, which I think most people thought was like a match that did not suit him because he's more of like the power guy and to outlast everybody in that shows that he's can beat anybody in any type of match. So I don't know. I think, I think that we might be going towards maybe a Christian cage versus uh, Josh Alexander match at bound for glory. Yeah. I bound for glory. That, w- that would be a, uh... I don't know. I, so that means oh, that means so many things, but I, I will be excited to see how this unfolds after Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, you could do it where it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't know how long they want to keep Christian on impact. Right, that's what it comes where, down to. And I, it's one of those things where it's like, do like if you want to keep Josh strong, you don't want to have him lose the X Division title. So, like, if he beats Saban, who else is there in the X Division to face? You obviously could get a new person um, with people hinting at maybe a new signing or somebody from another possible promotion showing up uh, to challenge him. You could do that. Or you could just be like, hey, option C, I I respect you, so I'm going to, like, do this, like, as a challenge down the line. Let's build to this. And it could be interesting. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, speaking of Victory Road, Victory Road is tomorrow. We do have a few matches announced. Basically, the whole card, I should say. Uh, we've got Hikaleo and Chris Bay versus Finn Juice, Tennille Dashwood versus Taylor Wild, the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack for the tag titles, Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles versus Decay for the Knockouts tag titles. Moose and W. Morrissey versus Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. Josh Alexander versus Chris Saban for the X Division title. Rohit versus Matt Cardona in a no DQ match as long as today, somewhere in the world, Matt Rohit Raju. Uh, and Ace Austin versus Christian Cage for the world title. Um, also, I guess we should point out that somebody posted uh, or asked a question to Sean Ross Sapp about um, Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews, uh, the former Buddy Murphy, uh, where they see or where he sees him showing up. Um, where was this? I just want to find the exact quote. But uh, he pointed out that he doesn't see uh matthew's showing up oh it was for the arthur ash show next week so uh, somebody asked if he's going to show up there uh he says i don't think so um i believe that he is going to be uh showing up this weekend in nashville um so again that's where i'm thinking that i mean he's he was i think he's probably a lot what a lot of people would say was like the the last big cruiserweight champion, last best cruiserweight champion, uh, before they moved it to an NXT title. Um, yeah, true. So I mean, he's got a lot of prestige. He can come right in and challenge Josh Alexander. Yeah. Um, 
And he's also been they they've also been hinting, or at least not impact. Or I mean, uh, there's always this. There's the Scott Demore thing at the baseball game where he said that uh, tune in to Impact because Buddy Murphy's going to debut. Um, so the kids say, "Oh, well, that's the, the, this is him finally confirming that it's actually happening." Uh, he's also been teased by Will Osprey as a possible new addition to his faction in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so world is his oyster. Uh, and I guess we should also point out that, uh, he, yeah, I, I pointed out in our group chat that he, uh, he's been doing the same type of vignettes that, uh, uh, Malachi black, Alistair black, Tommy End, whatever we want to call him, uh, have, has done. They're in the same universe with them hinting at each other in their pro, uh, vignettes. I don't think he'd challenge Malachi at any point uh, like if he debuted in AEW just go right into that but I, I do think it's signed a note that like they're in the same universe their vignettes so like you could have hit, there's like an actual reason why people are like oh he might come to AEW is because yeah. of that so yeah interesting stuff to say the least um, and of course there's always the possibility Braun Strowman, Titan, Adam Share, whatever we want to call him, showing up in Impact as the rumor mill. He is in uh, conversation or has is in advanced talks with Impact over a contract. Um, oh, yeah. Um, multiple sources have said that. I don't want it. I don't care about Braun Strowman. Haven't cared about him for a while. Um, but it it would be a big get for them. I'm sure. It would. Yeah, he's a big um, name. Yeah, um, especially considering he's like been very he, at the beginning of the year. He was very adamant he wasn't going to go anywhere other than WWE. He then gets released, then puts out like his asking price for indie shows was <laughs> just for a single appearance, not wrestling, just an appearance was I believe either twenty five thousand or fifty thousand dollars per per appearance, not wrestling. Yeah, you um, didn't need the money, so yeah. Um, and he hasn't appeared anywhere during that time. Uh, there's always been the talk of, okay, well, maybe he's going to go back to WWE once they can negotiate like a smaller deal. But if he goes to Impact, I mean, it's a big name, but could could be a costly name. No doubt. Um, Angelo, how'd you feel about this episode? I'll give it a thumbs up. I, I enjoyed myself watching this today. I agree. I give it a thumbs up as well. I thought this was a much better episode than last week. It further stories for tomorrow's uh, Victory Road uh, and for the future of the show. Uh, I'm excited. Um, and the wrestling was really good on the show. Like There wasn't a match where I was just like, this was bad. That's, that's right. And Swingers Palace was excellent. Yes, as normal. Uh, we will be back next week, as always. Um, tomorrow, or sometime this weekend, uh, Pat, myself, Joey, going to run out or put out our uh, predictions for the G1. I believe everybody in Deep Six did put out predictions for this. Angela, you, you did end up putting predictions in, or did you not? I did, and I think oh, for man. the finals, if I remember correctly, I predicted, I don't remember who I predicted to win. But I said that match will last one minute and 45 seconds. So uh, there you go. That, that's our first awesome. squash match. 
in history. I've never. I was gonna say I've never seen a squash match in in a uh, in New Japan. So that would be that would be something. Yeah, I'm predicting it. So all right. Um. So yeah, be on the lookout. There is no punishment, but the title is up for grabs for the winner. Um. So yeah. Um. Pat and Joey. Uh, will not have a uh, dynamite review. I do not believe for next week because myself, Pat, and Joey will be at the Arthur Ashe show. Um, okay. So uh, we'll probably put up a review of the show on like just for YouTube, uh, but not like an actual podcast. But me and Angela will be back next week. Yes. Be oh, safe. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.